Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him. What does this mean for you? How does it affect your view of God? How does it affect your view of yourself? How does that affect everything? This, this is, is the School, School of Humanity. Humanity. Welcome to episode 35 of the School of Humanity. I am Rachel Bowman. Who are you? I'm Jason Bowman. Oh. You live here, huh? I do. Oh. Okay. I own this house. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I pay rent. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, we are so excited to be with you again this week. I can't believe that you listened to us again. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you are. Is anybody if you are. Maybe it's just, we're just background noise. I don't know if people listen. You don't think so? I don't know. We should tell them that they should email us if they listen. Or just text me, because it's probably someone we I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What is it? School of Humanity, FL, at gmail.com. Nice. Shoot, us, shoot us an email. I didn't just make that up. It's it's a real It's email. legit. Yeah. I mean, have you checked it? I have. And um, we have a dear listener from New York that we need to... Is it New York? David? Yeah, David. I don't know. I forget where exactly he is. I we, think it's New York. Somewhere up north. Yes. David. Far, far away. This is a formal shout out <laughs> <laughs> for listening to us and we appreciate you yeah, and we, we are do. praying for you. Um, anyway, so tonight we are going to talk a little bit about some things that are on our heart from this weekend. We just got back from, I guess it's like our second. Yeah, but kind of like the first official. <laughs> first official formation weekend. Of uh, being, you you are an aspirant. It's such a strange <laughs> word. Well, you aspire. I to know, but it sounds like like um, aspirin. It also sounds like perspirant. Or aspirate. Or aspirate. <laughs> Which is bad. That is bad to do. Um, so we just had our, our first <clears throat> official because the last one, Hurricane Irma, didn't want us to have it. So she came into town, and we we couldn't have our formation weekend. So this is our our first um, official, I guess, formation, formation weekend for the diaconate. For the diaconate, one of the things that we talked about this weekend a lot was authenticity. Yeah, that was um. You were asking me, you know, like what 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 did I get out of the weekend, or what was kind of the the things that spoke to me? And for me, you know, first we had to read a book by Thomas Merton called New Seeds of Contemplation, which speaks to this subject. And then... Um, Thomas Merton was a... He's an American monk. Right, theologian. He's passed away now. And theologian. What He was a Trappist monk, correct? He was a Trappist monk. Um, and if you recall, when Pope Francis visited um, Congress, I believe, um, he made a speech, and he actually named... I can't remember if it was three or four. It was a couple of years ago. He named three or four theologians and um, notable people in the history of the church. And Thomas Merton was one of those. Yeah. And yeah. so if you would have, I remember looking at the Google trends that day and Thomas Merton was up there along with Dorothy Day and, and the other yes. people that he mentioned that day. So it was really beautiful. Um, but Thomas Merton is fantastic. Right. Uh, he's also written a few other books, No Man is an Island. And uh, 
Uh, Life and Holiness was a really good one. There was another one too. Well, his biography is called The Seven Story. Seven Story Mountain. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Which is a classic too. So buy them, read them, <laughs> contemplate them. Um, so, but in the book, uh, there's the the book is kind of talks about contemplation, which we alluded we might talk about this time with in the last podcast. Did we? But yeah, wow, <laughs> you did boldly. We are much better at this than I thought. And I thought, okay, we're going to talk about <laughs> contemplation. What if people just turned it on and we said we're going to talk about contemplation, and it was just nothing? It was just silence. <laughs> Be in silence now. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, <laughs> Um, but one of the themes that he talks about, which is kind of intrinsic to contemplation or the side effect of or part of intrinsic to, however you want to say it, um, is the closer that you get to God, the closer you become who you are and you put aside what he calls the false self mm. and you mm-hmm. become who you truly are. Um, and who you are is who you are in God's eyes. Right. Not how you think you are, not how you want to be, not how you strive so hard every day to Why form keep, yourself into be. You keep kind of smirking at me. I'm not. I mean, you know, uh, I'm here for you. And you're rude. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, um, and you know, you can imagine if you're discerning whether you're being called to become a deacon or a deacon's wife. Um, <laughs> um, you need to be authentic to who you are, right? If Correct. you just really, really want to be a deacon because it looks really cool and people really <laughs> like you or you get to preach or even if it's because you are, think that you can change Could you the imagine, world, whatever sorry, it is. total side note, but like whenever you first go to the weekend, they ask you like, uh, for the first, wasn't it like the first year of discernment during the year of the discernment, they asked, um, you know, why, why do you want to become a deacon? Would that not be awesome if someone just stood up and said, I mean, it looks really cool. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, continue. I mean, you you get to, you get to wear a Dalmatic. (laughs) I mean, duh. And I've always wondered what it looks like up there. And I knew I was married, so I felt like, anyway, continue. <laughs> um, so if you are going to represent the church and speak the gospel and preach and be a witness to the faith, then you better be authentic. Amen. You know, and you better know who you are because... People the, smell that oh yeah, from a mile do. away. And not only not. that, but the devil will snuff you out. And before you know it, you'll be in misery and you'll right. be, you know, you'll wake up a deacon and go, Wait a minute, you know, I didn't think this through. Um right. so that's you know, part of the formator's goals is to get us to be authentic. Right. To recognize all of the um I don't know, like false. I think the facade that we've built, facades, yeah. you know, <clears throat> for right. for lack of a better term, you know, we've like, and this term was also used during the the lesson the other day, but that we've kind of built up our own walls, right? Um, it's always tempting to have someone else pay for the wall, just because. Good <laughs> lord! I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
Um, that has forever been ruined for me for the rest of my life. I'm right. every time someone says I'm going to build a wall, I'm always going to ask who's going to pay for it. Anyway, there's a temptation to build walls. There's a temptation to build walls. Um, and we build walls for a number of reasons. And usually it's either because we don't like what's on the other side of the wall or because we don't think that other people will like what's on the other side of the wall or it's yeah. a combination of both. Right. Um, and so what we do is we are different people in different situations, right? And so you need to be the same person that you are at work, as you are at home, as you are up um, preaching and whatever else um, your responsibilities are, right? Because Christ was always authentic in every uh, every moment of his life and... He is the man fully alive, so we have to be as well. Um, but it's very tempting at times to be someone who you think people would rather you be. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. Um, and so what they, one exercise that we went through um, was to talk about or was to draw attention to how you think about yourself, how do people interpret you, you know, how right. do they see you, and then how do you want to be seen by them, right? right? And um, they pose the question of which one of these modes do you operate in most of the time, you know? That was a really good question. Wasn't it what we... We always operate in the mode that we think other people see us as. Yeah, like that was his point was that most of the time, most people don't know who they are really right. and don't operate in that mode. And what they do is they try to be the person that they want other people to see them as. Gosh, it's right? so true. There was, um, and also, I don't know if they, there, there's this beautiful um, quote up there, and it said something like, you know, you there's no way that you can help others or, like, know others if you do not first know yourself. Right. Yeah. I'm always, I mean, when it comes to preaching, I think it's the perfect example of a time when you would try to be... Right. Uh, what other people want you to be, you know, there's all this pressure. Like, that's why everybody hates um, speech class in college, right? No one wants to get up in front of everybody and give a speech because in order to do that without being incredibly nervous and a wreck, you have to be very confident in who you are. Right. Um, if you don't have peace in all these different situations, then that means to some degree you're not at peace with who you are aside from anything else right and how do we obtain that peace well there's really no other way except by accepting it right from god you know Gosh. if if you know yourself beloved if, if if you then you don't have to try to be anything other than that and you come to know yourself as god knows you and then you can flow from that um oh that's a good segue so and the, what I wanted to bring up desperately, um, but it just wasn't the right time, um, was 
the old adage from St. Thomas Aquinas, I'm going to be a Catholic nerd right now and speak in Latin, agere sequitur esse, which <laughs> means that... Did you just did you just Harry Potter me? What just happened? I did. Um, action flows from being. Mm. Being does not flow from action, which is, I think, a side effect of you trying to be what other people would want you to be in your mind. You know, so you try to be by doing instead right. of just being, and then in that freedom of being okay with who you are, that's when you do. Um, so we make that mistake all the time, you know, right. especially when it comes to holiness. Um, I think one of the main yeah. ways that we do that is, is, uh, in discernment of vocations. You know, if you've ever been in talks with someone that's discerning a vocation, which is pretty much all of us all the time. I mean, even though that Jason and I have chosen our vocation to marriage, I mean, we are still continuing in my opinion, for lack of a better word, um, discerning our marriage and how, how to best go about answering this call. Even though we have answered it, we still answer it every day. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, love is dynamic. It's never static. I mean, right. You know, especially um, mine. Mine's really dynamic for you. Um, but, um, the, hmm. yeah, that made sense. Shh. Just stop. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but, Oftentimes when you hear someone who has not yet quite decided what their vocation is going to be, whether they're going to be religious or um, celibate or consecrated or they're going to um, be married, you'll hear them say, you know, I'm, I'm discerning my vocation, but I just don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> they've, already, <laughs> right. they've already betrayed their, uh, the truth by saying that. And the other problem, too, along with uh, the fact that we've gotten that quite backwards over the years is that if you go into a room and you tell someone, you know, or you meet someone and you say, tell me about yourself. What do people always say? Um, I do this. Right. I do that. I am a physician assistant. Right. Um, or but is that um, the essence? Of right. Is that the essence of who you yeah. are? Like, and so we should actually, it was really beautiful. I don't know if you noticed because I cheat a lot. So I got where I am today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we you just told your husband that you cheat a lot. <laughs> Let that sink in. No, 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 no. You're taking it out of context. Okay. Proceed. Unbelievable. We were asked to list five ways that we would describe ourselves. Uh-huh. You and I both wrote down that I'm awesome, which I thought that was weird that you wrote them in your paper. I'm just kidding. I'm always for the other, <laughs> while you are always for the self. Um, no, we both wrote down that we are, I put I'm loved, and you put that you are beloved. Did you know that? I did not know that, because I don't cheat and look at your paper, okay? But that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was pausing so that you could redeem yourself there. Um, but... If that is not, first and foremost, how we, quote-unquote, identify ourselves, then I would say that how you identify yourself is false. Right. Um, because everything has to be in light of that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you receive who you are from God, and God is love. 
So we are love too then. And so then from there we have um, where our authentic self flows from. You know, right. yesterday it was really beautiful. Um, the boys were home. And so I had all four kids home all day long. And um, everyone survived. Our house is still standing. No one has any any uh, scars from yesterday, emotionally or physically. So we're pretty excited <laughs> that we survived. But it was really beautiful. Yesterday when I woke up, I was praying. And um, I thought to myself, today I'm going to be the mom that I've always wanted to be. Because the truth of the matter is, is that most of the time I am... Um, Somewhere teetering between I'm going to lay here and sleep or I'm going to do something around the house. Like, yeah, um, I'm going to rest on the couch or I need to wash the dishes. Um, I need to pause for a second or I need to go pick up these toys that are thrown all over the room, you know. Um, I don't really often have the thought as sad as it is. You know, I love I, I do things with my children, of course, and I would hope that they are well-loved individuals. Um, but I don't sit there and go, gosh, what can I do with them next? Like, you know, um, right. I am not a Pinterest mom. I am an Amazon prime mom. If that tells you anything. Right. Um, so, but yesterday I thought I'm going to be the mom that I've always wanted to be today. And so I got up, we ate breakfast. Um, and we just, did things and I don't even think that they we did a craft which is is kind of out of the ordinary for me uh, I'm not a very crafty mom as I said I'm an Amazon Prime mom I will buy you that right but we cannot make it <laughs> but you did but we did right. and what was really beautiful about it was that um we were all just so free I mean most of the day there was no why why was that no, I think it was because uh, it was it was kind of living for the other yeah, the entire I think, time. I think you had real leisure, right? Oh gosh, we could talk about that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you just allowed yourself to be. I think right. You didn't put all this pressure to. You know, you let everything yeah, else go. Yeah, it was go really beautiful. Like the kids were, um, we did a, the life cycle of a pumpkin craft. Right. So we just talked about how it goes from a seed and becomes a pumpkin. And there are six different stages that we talked about. And then we, we made a little 3D pumpkin um, using pictures that they drew and folding paper and glue and fun stuff like but that. But see, didn't that activity just flow from it your did. desire to just be to just be but be what was mom. really beautiful was yeah. that that was all i had planned okay that was all that i had desired was to do this craft with them um and halfway through the craft the over the weekend they had gone to a pumpkin patch and the kids had brought back these little mini pumpkins um i wouldn't say mini medium sized pumpkins and so the kids were like I said, oh, and just on a whim, I was like, do you guys want to see what the inside of a pumpkin looks like? So we cut open the pumpkin. They touched it, not all of them, because some of them are freaked out by weird textures. Um, right. But they they looked inside the pumpkin. We ended up taking all the pumpkin seeds out and roasting them. And it was kind of like everything was just 
flowing throughout the day. Like there really weren't, I wasn't bogged down by decisions. Right. But then there are moments like tonight. I mean, just to bare our souls, we, we were going to get a new bed tonight. And um, we had to wait to pick it up until Jason got off work. And I mean, I'm sorry, honey. Let me show you what my brain looked like when you got off work. You came in the door and I thought, we should probably go now. But we can't go now. Like, if we go right now, you know, we haven't eaten dinner and the kids need to eat dinner. And what about the kids? Like, they have school tomorrow. But we should pick up that mattress. What if it rains? You know? So there was, like, no freedom in that decision. And I think you and I can both agree that for those two hours that we were trying to figure out how to get there and how to get back and... uh. There was just so much weight. Angst and heaviness and right. all that stuff, yeah. Um, but it, it has to flow from a place of utter freedom. And if, if, if that does not happen for us, then we've forgotten who we are. Yeah. So you had forgotten who you were. I had. And... Um, so you're not your authentic self. You are your false self. Right. And it's Merton, so uncomfortable. You know? I mean, don't yeah. you ever notice uh, whenever yeah. you, uh, I think you could even liken it to like if I went out and got a, an outfit, a dress, a shirt, pants, whatever, and you go to put it on and it's too small. Right. Right. Or you get put it on and it's too big or whatever. Right. Maybe the cut's not just right. Um and it's super uncomfortable to wear it. I mean, you can't do the things that you would normally do on your day. And that's the same way it is whenever we're not authentic. Right. Well, I mean, you and I are busy all the time. Right. So, you know, being your authentic self, some people might be listening. So I'm saying and thinking um, so what I'm about to speak about. I mean, you can be extremely busy and still be your authentic self and be at peace in it. And there's right. a certain degree or a complete degree of abandonment when you're really living in that to where, you know, it doesn't matter what happens really or, you know, all the stressors you can let go and you can actually get more things done when you're abandoned to it and you just do what you can and and, and uh, exist in knowing that you're are you and that you love your life because it's been given to you as a gift and you see reality as a gift, you know, right. instead of something that you have to control, you know, that you posit or make your own reality, you know, um, when you see it as a gift and you know who you are, then even in the midst of a lot of pressures and anxiety and stuff, you can still operate in that mode. So being, you know, free and being light and all that stuff is not a matter of escaping from, you from know, reality. yeah, you have the temptation to think, oh, well, you know, if only I was a monk, you know, or even if only if I had one kid, you know, then I could pray more or do better or be right. the person I want to be. But that's a lie, you know, right. been there, you know, we've had all kinds of situations in different parts of our life. And but uh, God is not calling you to be holy as a what if he's right. calling you to be holy as a right now. Right. Um, I'm going to use another Latin phrase. In me, in media res. That means in the now, you know. What That's did you just say? Say that again. In media res. Okay. You don't know what that means. No, but it no, I'm happy. sound like I'm hap- Latin. I'm, I'm happy that you <laughs> don't know. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's... You yeah. laughed way too loud just then. Sorry. Like that. Sorry. Um... um <laughs> 
<laughs> but holiness can only be found in the present moment. Yes. Know, in the now. And if you're living in like this fantasy world of what you would like it to be, how you would like to be, if you're always trying to be other people and like you're going around saying, well, if I was only this person, then I would be free and I'd be able to do, you know, if you're always coveting other people um, and their spiritual life or their walks or their situation and stuff, then you are going to, you're literally living in hell. I mean, and right. I, it's not good. Um, so no, and it is so exhausting. I mean, could you imagine just constantly trying to imagine something other than your reality? You know, I mean, God is calling me, Rachel Bullman, mother of four, to become a saint. Yep. You know, um, and God is calling you, single person has a good job and is trying to just live day to day and maybe take care of family to be holy. Yep. You that have no children, you that have a newborn, you that don't know what you're going to do with your life. You don't know what your vocation is yet. He is calling you to be holy exactly where you are. Right. You know, it, there's no, there's no more holiness that exists based on your state in life. Right. Um, and God doesn't want you to be mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was meant to be Mother Teresa. That's right. You know, it's really funny. Jason and I are really blessed to um, have each other, you know. Yeah. Um, Because we actually get to, we get to give each other spiritual direction a lot, which is really beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. I should be open to that more. Um, (laughs) See, see. (laughs) Um. But one night we were talking and I was saying, um, and we were just talking about how we have to want to be ourselves, that I have to want to be Rachel Bullman. Right. Like I can't want to be, like you were saying, Mother Teresa, I can't want to be anyone else because the world doesn't need more Mother Teresa. The world needs more, the world needs Rachel Bullman. Right. It was very tempting to read the lives of the saints and be like, try to mimic that i mean it's a beautiful thing actually and i and it um it's part of the your spiritual life uh at least part of it in the beginning is you know when you really start to desire to be holy then you 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 almost fabricate in your mind you know like you trying to mimic exactly the life of maybe a particular saint or the spirituality of one or something like that but at some point there's going to be a stripping away of, right. of all of that and a birth of you being you um, that that occurs. Um, and, uh, I mean, I can honestly say for a long time I didn't love me for, as me, you know, like I wanted to be holy. I love Christ, you know, um, authentically. Um, but... I think I wanted to love him better than than I could as Jason Bowman. So, you know, you imagine, you know, one day that you're going to magically become, you know, some other saint that's, you know, that you've, um, <laughs> w- you know, uh, read about or loved or You whatever. wake up in the morning so, and you're Saint John of the Cross. Right. <laughs> exactly. What is happening? Like, if only I lived, you know, and was persecuted by the church. And if had only these, I could live in the desert. Right. I mean... 
then I would be holy. Actually, no. I mean, that, no, I'd super possible. be complaining if I lived in the desert. I know. I resent you for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and the other thing that we've noticed too, and I, I mean, this may just be a strange grace that we've somehow gotten, but when Jason and I talk about what we were like before our first initial encounter with God, uh, it's almost like we're talking about somebody else. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, and in, in reality, we, uh, we are, yeah. you know, <laughs> because this is who we were meant to be. It's like that person was not, and I still am not who I'm meant to be. Let me rephrase that. Right. But that person that I was way back then um, was not me now and not who I'm truly meant to be. Right. Um, What's ironic about, were you finished with your thought? Yes. What's ironic about being the person that you're actually meant to be is um, that you can only be that by totally giving yourself. Right. Uh, totally giving of yourself. What's that? Is is it from Lumen, Lumen Gentium? Lumen Gentium, paragraph 24. Yeah. Man. Man is the only creature created that for can his, be only for fully himself. Right. Okay. By giving totally of himself for right. the other. Yeah. That's so, not verbatim, but yeah. So, you know, what that what that means, like I'm going to interpret that, <laughs> uh, or the, the repercussions of a statement like that is that you should not be on your mind all the time, right? You're, you should no, not I be... No, I should cons- be on your mind well, all the time. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, humble people don't know that they're humble because oh they don't think about themselves. I mean, as that was, that's literally my prayer. You know, we were in adoration the other night and I was thinking, Lord, I just, I'm so tired. And I was thinking, I wish that I could forget that I was tired. Right. Like, I wish that I never, ever thought about that. Like, I never, ever thought about how tired I am. I wish that I never, never thought about how uncomfortable I may be or... Right. I wish that I never thought about myself, you know? Right. That um, so I would... So boring thinking right, about yourself. It is. It's such and a it's drag. So silly. I mean, it's yeah. so... It's just... It turns things into... Uh, and I mean, just think about that. I mean, you, you just think about the things that come out of your mouth on a daily basis. Think about the times that you're listening to your friend um, pour their heart out to you and whether or not the next thing that you say is is how to help them or if it's you trying to take over the situation to one-up them in their pain, you know? Right. Um, and it, we, we tend to make things about ourselves that have nothing to do with us, you know? Right. Um, and just very simple things, you know, like not being able to be outside because it's too hot, you know, <laughs> I'm like, man, it's really hot out here. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, and those are very simple, trivial things, but if we get in the practice of not thinking about ourselves, it'll be a lot easier to not think about yourself. Right. Um, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast later and I'm going to call you out on it. All the time. Guys, he doesn't call me out on anything. Ever. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I mean, sometimes. Sometimes. Not very often. Right. That's because I'm scared of you. (laughs) (laughs) 
And because usually I, I catch it and I look at you and you're just giving me this look of, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I have to do, huh? Yeah, it's rude. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to end the podcast, this beautiful podcast on authenticity, um, with this awesome quote from Thomas Merton. You know what quote I'm going to talk about? Is it the one from class that was on the yes. PowerPoint? Yeah, it's good. And, uh, and you know, the School of Humanity, this podcast, um, the idea of the School of Humanity is that we, we are all made in the image and likeness of God. Um, and that completely changes everything about who we are, what we do, how we... How we see ourselves. How we see ourselves, how we see the world. Um, and so this quote is perfect for that. And Thomas Merton, he says, To say that I am made in the image of God is to say that love is the reason for my existence, for God is love. Love is my true identity. Selflessness is my true self. Love is my true character. Love is my name. God bless you. Amen.